Presently, in Colorado, charitable food providers serve in one month the amount of food they formerly served in a year. Coupled with this, nearly 40% of kids and nearly half of Latino and non-white individuals are experiencing some form of food insecurity. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. Fortunately, the Denver Department of Public Health and Environment has a unique food systems program with an action plan to directly address the food insecurity challenge. We say unique because most major communities don't have a similar program. On this edition, we continue to learn more regarding how the city administers its food programs from the program administrator for Denver's Good Food Purchasing Program, Ms. Marion Kalb. You will certainly find a lot of food, particularly coming from California and Florida and Michigan and and Colorado. Uh, But we also need to look at what's available locally where we can really feed and sustain ourselves. You have an action plan. Um, I guess it's called Denver Food Vision. It has an emphasis on neighborhoods then. Is that correct? Yes, it does. Uh, the, the Denver Food Vision, one of the uh, pieces in it is to create communities where everybody has access to food that's nourishing, affordable, and accessible. And um, through our mini-grant program, we've been able to support uh, a number of different food projects in, uh, in different communities. And uh, so, for example, um, we've been working with the East Denver Food Hub, and they're a food hub located in East Denver that yeah. uh, farmers from really all around uh, Denver and beyond bring their products to then be distributed out in one place. And uh, through the food hub, not only are they distributing um, food boxes that are either free or low cost to folks at the Denver Public Library or uh, with boxes or to food pantries, but they also are funding startup businesses. And one of the goals in the Denver Food Vision is to create a vibrant uh, food economy within Denver. And they're very much uh, helping to, to contribute to that. You know, I can say also other organizations that are working really well on a neighborhood basis. The Sun Valley Kitchen has started a food meal program. They have community dinners and food boxes. And they also have a program for food education and employment for youth through our Healthy Food for Denver Kids program. Oh, good. Is there a a healthy food program also for maybe seniors that are on fixed income? You know, we do have uh, an agency for older adults that very much caters to the older population, and they have been very busy uh, during COVID making sure that these populations have access to food. And I believe that they are now um, looking at some additional federal funding to provide uh, food on an intergenerational basis, so bringing together seniors and children uh, and feeding them together and, uh, you know, giving giving children the opportunity to interact with folks that would, uh, you know, be somewhat like their grandparents. Mm-hmm. And certainly providing that ac- that uh, ability to interact with kids is really a win-win situation. Uh, Denver Food Vision um, Action Plan with its focus on neighborhoods has winnable goals, reducing food insecure households. How do you, how do you go, go about at least knowing how many households are the target for the reduction and and what are the success markers there? Yeah, so it's a great question. It's changed with COVID. You know, as I mentioned, our food insecurity rate is now really high with 33%. 
we do work with some really amazing uh, folks that help us through a number of uh, different ways figure out which communities are those that uh, have the greatest food instability. Yeah. And and so in um, in being able to do that mapping and knowing where those locations are, we are then able to work with organizations in those areas uh-huh. to make sure that, that people are getting the food they need. Uh, I will say, though, that one of the things that we need to really look at beyond food pantries sure. is looking at the source of food insecurity. Why is it that so many people are food insecure? And, you know, some of the other ways that the city deals with that is by, for example, having a living wage policy. If we can increase incomes, we increase the ability of people to purchase food and not have to make trade-offs between uh, housing and food or health care and food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so looking at those kinds of things as well, um, you know, I, I think that the legislature just passed a universal um, pre-K free uh, childhood uh, or child care. And, you know, that that's a huge boon to families that will also help them to put their, their dollars elsewhere. How do you increase the size of Denver's food economy? Every time I think of that, I think of having more farmers out there producing stuff that we can buy. Well, there's. Yeah, there's certainly that, but then there's there's also, you know, creating uh, family food businesses as well. And um, so, for example, uh, we have uh, through the Denver office, the Denver Economic Development Office, uh-huh. they work in providing uh, startup businesses with grants, and many of those go to food businesses as well. And we're not necessarily mm-hmm. talking about restaurants here, right? No, we're not necessarily talking okay. about restaurants. Um, you know, we're talking about uh, folks that want to produce, uh, for example, tortillas or salsa yeah. or um, or uh, food products that uh, they, they might just need a little bit of help in developing a business plan and getting started. And that's where we try to provide some startup resources and some technical assistance. Residents who need food support and assistance assistance we tend to need to uh, direct them through those food pantries and those uh, and, 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 and those partners that you have like that. Yes, absolutely. And we have uh, a wonderful organization here, Hunger Free Colorado, and they have a food hotline that provides not only information to the nearest pantries, but will help people sign up for SNAP. Uh, they provide help in not only English, but Spanish and a number of other languages, regardless of, of legal of legal status. Uh-huh. And all caller information is confidential. And their hotline number is 855-855-4626. You also have a city food waste program. Now, we're not talking about collecting the garbage here. We're talking about better use of the food that's on the tables now. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, something that people don't necessarily think about when we talk about food waste. So, you know, I, I admit that I am guilty of this from time to time of having, say, a half carton of strawberries that, that go moldy. Yeah. Uh, but when we throw that away, you know, we're not just throwing away the food. We're throwing away all the resources that went into it. So the water, the labor, the transportation costs. And so what we found is that um, if food waste were be compared to a country in terms of greenhouse gas emissions, food waste would be the third largest emitter after China and the U.S. 
Wow. So, yeah, wow. It, it, it's, a, it's a staggering number that makes me think about food waste and want to do much better, you know, in what I do. And so what the city is doing is we're piloting innovation programs uh, to reduce food waste at the household level through messaging for change campaigns, we are also working, we have pilot programs with restaurants on reducing food waste through education and composting. And I'm happy to say that the Denver, Denver City staff is actually walking the talk, and we have over 500 employees that signed up to participate in a food waste reduction challenge. So, um, so we are uh, trying to work not only with residents, but um, within the city itself uh, and also at the household level. Okay, you said that caught my ear, the Food Waste Reduction Challenge. How does that work? It's fascinating. Uh, what ends up happening is is brave souls volunteer, and they put on their, uh, their clothes that they would use for projects around the house, and they yeah. wear gloves and sturdy shoes, and they go to restaurants, and they literally go through the food waste and divide it into different piles of what might be compostable or recyclable. And... Uh, and so they do that before the food waste reduction challenge, and uh, they are then given information on what they can do with their food waste. And then at the end of that, the same process is used to see how much food has been diverted uh, into these other avenues. Boy, that is incredible. That's very creative as well. <laughs> It is. But, you know, what you're saying, though, goes back to some of the signs we see in some buffets around town. Don't take more than what you can eat. And if we're going to the food store to buy things, you know, we have this habit of letting impulse buying get in the way. And so we get some of this, even though it's not on the grocery list, and we get some of that simply because it's on an end cap. But we probably need to spend more time with only buying what we're going to eat and therefore a lot of other food won't go as wasted. Yes, that's certainly one way to do it. Uh, other ways to do it are something that I've tried and that works for me uh-huh. is making sure that whatever food I need to eat next is either in labeled in a box in my fridge or at the very front of the refrigerator so I see it first. Um, ah. So, And, and you know, there's also many things that one can freeze that you might not think about. So there's a lot of things that we can freeze. So we can just go internally in our households and think about how we're managing food once we get it. If we're making a dinner, how we manage the leftovers and actually eat the leftovers later so that they don't go to waste. So And it'll save you money in the long run. You won't buy as much. Absolutely, because 40% of the food in the average household goes to waste. So think about that in terms of dollars. 40%? Uh, and yeah, 40%. Yeah, that's 40% of your grocery bill. Whoa. Yep, absolutely right. Absolutely right. And, you know, I find that when I, I love leftovers, I'm one of those people that likes them. And I like to put them in the freezer because, uh, you know, I can come home and look in the freezer and, oh, my gosh, a dinner I don't have to cook. I just have to defrost it. So it's like a little gift. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is, especially for guys like me who don't cook much. Defrost, oh, yeah, we, <laughs> we love that game, no doubt about it. Yeah. Is there anything yes. else that we need to really share with the audience about the Denver Food Program, where it's going next, how you want to grow it? Uh, so, um, you know, one thing I think that uh, that we're trying to do is really – work on some policy issues that uh, will help change things at a larger level. So, for example, 
Uh, we are with our Good Food Purchasing Program. We're working with a, um, a mayoral advisory that would require all qualifying city agencies to uh, be part of that Good Food Purchasing Program and really spend those dollars uh, on food that reflects values. We're also working on a policy initiative that would, uh, for any funding coming into the city uh-huh. that goes towards food programs, that 10, 10% of it, be uh, allocated to farms to make sure that uh, farms are being supported through uh, through our food initiatives as well. And um, I believe that we are um, also looking to try and expand our food and communities work also so that we can serve more of those communities that are in need uh, here within the city and county of Denver. Well, I tell you what, Ms. Cal, thank you so very, very much. There's a lot there that I don't think a lot of the public knew very much about, and your enlightenment and insight today has been just terrific. Well, thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure to talk with you, and thanks for the great questions and, and letting us uh, get the message out there. Many thanks to Ms. Marion Kalb, the Institutional Food Program Administrator for Denver's Good Food Purchasing Program, for being our guest again on this edition. Should you require food support assistance, a good contact to check with first is the organization Hunger Free Colorado at 855-855-4626. That's 855-855-4626. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Mask up and keep your distance when going out. Grab the vaccine to protect your health and for more freedom. And we do appreciate you sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.